This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. L. Gray, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated Teen G show. I'm Philip Gilfus, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-host, con officer, Lieutenant Darren Moser, who is taking the captain's yacht out for a spin. Um, how does it handle, Darren? Uh, it handles real great. Uh, since they incorporated this new kind of sweeped nacelle design, they go up and down. It actually, it's like it's flapping, you know, wings. Because we like using old 20th century technology in our uh, in our starships when we can. And does it does it still have that new captain's yacht smell? It it does. It, you know, it's actually a lot bigger on the inside than you'd imagine. I mean, there's like so much room inside here. All right. Well, I'm also joined by my co-host, First Officer Command- Commander Daniel Prue, who is – well, hold on. Here, let, let, let me get him on the, the comm here. Uh, Daniel, uh, what's going on? I see you're in your quarters. Wait, do I, do I hear water? Are you, like, in a pool? Uh, I'm sorry. Does this ship not have privacy settings? I'm in the bath right now uh, having a very uh, – uh, an important moment. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you need, Philip? Wait, do I hear? Is there someone else in there? No, no. <laughs> Anyways, let's let's get on with this conversation. Let's just uh, let's just talk. Okay. Um, well, as, as as our listeners may or may not be able to tell, we are doing our third in our series of movie reviews here on Earl Grey, and, and I assume our last because I don't think there's any come after this. <laughs> oh, God, um, come we are going to be talking <laughs> about Star Trek Insurrection. Um, this is, of course, the third feature film for the Next Generation cast. Um, this was uh, released in uh, 1998 um, during the seventh season of Deep Space Nine and the, correct me if I'm wrong, fifth season of Voyager. Um, and so this occurs kind of early um, in seventh season of Deep Space Nine, if you're keeping track of the Dominion War um, timeline. And we're just going to go right... Which is, which is referenced... Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and we're going to go right into it. Um, because I think the first discussion I want to have is kind of about the timeline. You know, like I said, so this is the third film. So we've gone from, you know, first contact and now it's been several years. Um, and, and in between that time, we've had Voyager and Deep Space Nine doing their thing. And so I just want to talk about transitions, you know, what, where we are on the timeline and new technology that gets introduced in this movie. So just first things first, I, you know, since Daniel, you were talking about the Dominion War. What are the things you hear and 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 know about the Dominion War based on Insurrection and the Enterprise E? Um, based on the references in this movie, there's a small skirmish somewhere at some point that has something to do with something called the Dominion. <laughs> uh, you don't get a lot to go on based on this movie, unfortunately, but at least they do reference it. You know, I don't know, three or four times, I think. 
Yeah, so I think, and here's the, all the references I caught. Okay, so you, it's mentioned in the beginning because the Enterprise is, is currently meeting with a new race uh, that it's achieved warp uh, capability recently, and they're becoming a Federation protectorate, whatever that means. Um, and so that, and the reason they say, well, the reason we're doing it so soon is because of the Dominion. You know, you know, we need to protect the people. And they talk about the diplomatic diplomatic missions the Enterprise is having to do more often because you know all the other diplomats are, I guess, concerned with the founders and Jem'Hadar, which I didn't know they were really that diplomatic. But anyway, um, and uh, seem to only talk to Cisco. So. <laughs> Yes, that's right. Um, well, he's the only uh, captain in the quadrant. Um, anyway, and then the Sona, of course, are produ- producers of Ketracel White. That's mentioned. And also Picard. Oh, Ketracel yes, White. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Picard also mentions to um, Anish, and we'll obviously get to the plot later, that you know he's busy fighting a war to protect you know the Federation. Um, and so they mentions the Dominion. So, so Darren, what did you think of sort of the Dominion War, where we are at in the prime universe of TNG um, Voyager and, you know, whatever, however that factors in, and Deep Space Nine. Rem- remember when <laughs> we used to be explorers? <laughs> oh, I remember it so well. I was going to say, no, I remembered when you were the diplomat because that's really what you did most of the time, Captain. No, But no one really wanted to call him out on it. But now I think they, they merged it fairly well. I mean, you didn't want to be too referency, I guess, because you do want to remind everyone that this is the next generation movie uh, with the next generation cast, all the cast back together, just like uh, nothing ever, ever, ever happened. But no, I mean, it. Well, they did an okay job. I guess it always comes down to we spent so much time with the Enterprise and this crew is so important, yet they don't seem to get the big assignments when things, when things come down from Starfleet. I mean, they don't get, they're not on the front line fighting the Borg. Both times we fight the Borg, they're not on the front line and it doesn't go well either way. And, you know, I, I don't know. I would have seen if, if you built the Enterprise E to fight the Borg and to be a warship, why is it not on the front line of the Dominion War? Um, probably needs more shakedown time after five years. If the Defiant years. can make it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, they're just not sure about its well, Klingon. Look, you know, <laughs> well, you know, Darren, you've brought it up. And so, I mean, that's part of the transitions and part of the timeline. Worf. So, I mean, you know, between First Contact, which we saw him, you know, on the Defiant. So, obviously, you know, he's already at Deep Space Nine at that point in First Contact. Here we are in Insurrection, and then he's just there and then stays there, you know, whatever. They mumble a few reasons why. Um, but, you know, it's 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 sort of mentioned there, and, and I don't know. Did you – what did you all think about having buy it there and <laughs> does it make sense? Yeah. I'll let you go first, Daniel. No, the thing is – okay, the th- – yeah, because the thing about this line is it's 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 basically a parody of itself because um, Picard sees Worf and says, Mr. Wolf, what are you doing here? I think he says, what the I hell are you doing here, Picard I believe was the exact yeah. quote. <laughs> yeah. And Worf is like, well, I was in the Viridian system or like whatever. And then phone. like like Picard immediately cuts <laughs> him off and says – uh, no, blah, 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 blah. Or he says, Jordy, do whatever because data is whatever. Yeah. Like basically, they completely ignore any reason. They so oh, they yeah. know what they're doing, and like, oh, and it kind of feels like an insult to me. Like it kind of feels like you, oh, okay, deep space. Uh, or not deep space. Uh, first contact makes sense. The, that the fact that the defiant yeah. is there. Okay, it makes sense. crossover. 
this time they don't even they don't even try one bit and it's like i don't know i I think it's kind of insulting like i think worf should be in these movies i mean give give one writer his whole job should be how to get worf on the enterprise that is his problem fix it (laughs) yeah I mean, we get the uh, – I think the, the the lines, a few you know lines later, is like, okay, you know, well, let's take Worf to Deep Space Nine and uh, let's set course for this place. And Jordy's like, those are in two different directions. And Picard's like, is it? Oh, well. And then like, well, you know, they, they do have – and I, I don't think the guy gets a name. I don't think he gets a name until Nemesis, honestly. But they do have a security chief. It's, I think it's Lieutenant Daniels. I think is his name eventually. I may be making that up, but it's you know they do have a, a time security chief, and it's like here, Wharf. Hey, it's like here, Wharf. You go do this. I'm like, this, there's a guy that already does that. Job. Why? What is Wharf doing that we don't? We, he's you know, he's superfluous at this point. Well, yeah, and I mean, I think really what was going on. You, you were really close, Daniel. When you know. Picard cuts him off. What he was actually going to say is, "Well, I was going to give you guys these invitations to my wet." Oh, wait, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. This is actually a great point. You guys were joking, but okay, we're in seventh season of Deep Space Nine, so Jetsu's yeah, she's dead, dead at this dead. point. Yeah. yeah, that's why he looks like he's aged yeah. twenty years because uh, it was a really rough, uh, rough time for him. But so I was. I yeah, was at my the funeral wife. of my wife. <laughs> it doesn't matter, Wolf. We have been sorry, sorry, Mister Wolf. Uh, the the plot is actually focusing on data today, and uh, we just got to go deal with that. So uh, whatever you were saying, I was I, just I on trill, bearing my, and they cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe oh, what they decided God. is the Defiant is the new USS Hood. The Hood always followed the Enterprise D, and the Defiant always follows the Enterprise E, and it's just just around, just kind of doing its thing, ready to drop warp. What, what do you mean? The Defiant could just like land on the back of the E. It's pretty flat. It could you fit know, in its shuttle bay, to... probably. <laughs> oh goodness! We don't we don't care about any other trill on the Enterprise because now we have oh, our own right. trill. So we don't making have to worry googie about eyes anything at else. Will. Okay, well, you know that that's kind of I mean, we could we could talk about this for the whole podcast, honestly. But I also want to talk about so those are the kind of timeline transitions. I mean, I don't know. Do do I want to put aside the fact that everyone's still there? I mean, y'all know my feelings about that, you know. So I mean, it's been more than a year or two years since first contact. I mean, in real, you know, in in world time, right? I'm not just making that up. Um, and so, but everyone's still in the same positions, right? You know, well, Riker's still commander, first officer. Every you know, everyone's still in the same position. I think it's harder to accept that in first contact than it is an in insurrection. Mm-hmm. If you can forgive the fact that everybody is where they are True. in first contact after they lost a ship and they all had possible and then all came back together, you know, yeah, I agree. opportunities, and then they decided to get all back together, then it makes, makes way more sense that they would still be together two or three years later because they were together for seven mm-hmm. years without any of them really going anywhere. So that that to me, I don't have a problem. It's more of a problem for first contact. In a way, but it's not because first contact's much quicker paced, so you don't care so much in first contact. In first contact, you're like, "Oh, stuff important, important stuff is happening. I don't have to worry about it." In insurrection, you're like, "I'm falling asleep. What's happening?" I'm just kidding, but 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 you know what I mean. Like it's it's much, it's much more like, "Oh my goodness, what's going on?" Uh, the crew is here, but I don't have to worry about that. But in here in insurrection, it's much more. 
slower paced so it's like you get oh, a lot of time to okay. think about it i, I guess they're all <laughs> and question here. it well like to me and, and i'm giving this quote just for daniel to jump on it in some ways insurrection is like star trek 5 <laughs> see i'm giving this, these lines uh, to who, you daniel who? um and in that you know, at the end of four, right? It's like everyone's like, "Oh, it's our new ship, the Enterprise A," and then like five, it's like, "Oh, they're all, they're all just back in the same positions." And okay, I guess we're just doing this now, right? And then Star Trek Six, they're all there too. Oh, I see and what you're that's saying. That's like just like I mean, except for Sulu, but just like you know, like but Nemesis, oh, it gets raw. Which you know, even Nemesis, you can compare to Six because there was some movement, but everyone's just still in the same positions. And so it's like Insurrection is the first time we're just like accepting. Well, I guess that's what we're doing now. That's true. I had never thought of that. Is Six did it so much better because Sulu's still in the movie, but he's not the helm officer of the Enterprise A still. Like, right. you know, they could have done Nemesis, something Riker's like that. Riker's being promoted, and, yeah. But, but, anywho. All right. And I guess this is more of a more of a complaint about Nemesis, because technically at this point, Philip, like you mentioned, we're, we're in Season 7 of Deep Space Nine, so we can't, like, all of a sudden have Worf be whatever he is. But in all good things, we see Worf as an ambassador... Governor of Hoctoria. That makes sense. And we don't have any problems with mm. that. So why can they do it in the series and have no problem? But now they are like struggling. They literally gloss over what the heck Worf is doing there because they just don't want to. Actually well, I think if Worf had just and, said and, like, oh, hey, Miles, Miles uh, Mr. O'Brien says hi. Everyone would have instantly <laughs> forgotten about Worf and not even cared because he mentioned another character in continuity and all the fans would have been happy. That's right. And instead, they just give him a pimple. All right. One thing I want to talk about is some of the new things we see, like new technology in world. And so I'm just going to throw out a bunch, and you can either talk about them or ignore them all. So we see cloaking suits. We see new dress uniforms for the first time. We see new scout ships, new new shuttlecraft, new captain's yacht. Well, it's not new, but we've never seen it. Um, and we see, I don't know what to call it, but the bazooka, it's not a bazooka, but anti-aircraft weapon, whatever you want to call it that Worf uses. Phaser, bazooka. So anyway, we see all these new, th- yeah, so anything, anything, so what were kind of the new things you all, I don't know, either liked or didn't like? Darren? Uh, you forgot the most important one. Uh, if I really want to have a good handle on the steering of this ship, I mean, I can't think of a better way than a 1996 joystick bolted oh, to God. a panel. Come on, oh now. man, no, uh, but no, um, yeah, that was cool. I mean, the you know, you could tell they used um, when I was watching this again. Okay, I, I, I felt you felt the budget because I mean, if you think about it, the entire Baku village, that's there. I mean. It's still it's ninety it's ninety eight so I mean there is CG but not really for it wasn't really used for like stuff like that so the fact that you know you have that huge village the fact that uh, you have you know all these great shots of the Enterprise and you have more uniforms and the captain's yacht um, and the cloaking suits like I love the opening effects with like the you know it's a very simple effect you know the whole like where they are and they walk out of the square and then they disappear but um you know i really enjoyed all those little it felt like star trek those little little tiny pieces like on an actual budget what about you daniel any of the new things they got introduced for for good or for ill 
You know, this is a kind of kind of an aside, but um, I prefer. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I prefer the TNG sound effect and visual effect of transporting mm. over the uh, the Voyager one. That like becomes like it kind of becomes what Star Trek has after a while. And I don't know. There's something about the Voyager effect. It sounds very like it sounds more shimmery. I don't know what is it like. Yeah, it's very shimmery and high pitched, and and I really wish we just stuck with the like an updated TNG one. Although I guess I guess you can kind of trace that the the Voyager version back to like the the original series movies mm-hmm. versions, which are also very like I think it borrows. It's faster it. too. Anyways, um, I feel like the I movie like one Cap- is like three seconds, whereas quicker, like the next gen much, is like five. Quicker. Yeah, yeah. We don't exactly. got time, and uh, but I. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, yeah, I like uh, I like the new uniforms, and of course seeing the the E and I don't know. There's it doesn't feel that different. I think it fits really well in continuity. There's there's nothing that stands out to me, anyways. I think the two things that ha- had a, a question was one the cloaking suits like that they used um, there to as the blind for the archaeology. Yeah, like you think so. about it, you're like that's cool. Wait a minute. Why aren't they using that for the Dominion War? We can cloak people. <laughs> what the heck? That's the biggest military advantage ever. It's true. Like oh, maybe goodness. they have a secret and pact then, they can develop yeah. cloaking technology only for spying on other cultures. Like that seems like a bit of a caveat. <laughs> only the archaeology department Although, has the budget fair, for it. We do see the duck blind. <laughs> Yeah, we do see the duck blind in, in Who Watches the Watchers as well. So that's that's technically not. Oh, new. is that a is that but, a movie? But being able to cloak, uh, it's kind of like a. I mean, if it were a movie, it'd be kind of like a better movie. Well, I really like the uh, the oh. uh, attaché to Admiral Dowry, who you never actually see in the same room as Admiral Dowry. But I loved when she's like screaming, like "Stand down!" It's like really you. Is he? You really think he's going to start listening to you because you just raised your voice? Especially he's since he outranks like, oh, you. I like oh, he's just like that's an order. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say, okay, uh, lieutenant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, well, we've kind of talked about kind of the nit 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 bits, so let's just talk about the actual storyline here, um, which I call the Bad Merle and the Fountain and one. the Fountain of Youth. Um, <laughs> it's a better so- title. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put that aside. Insurrection doesn't actually make sense as a title because uh, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, um, I don't know. There's so much. Let's just. Uh, Philip, do you I not remember I'll him just, taking off his pips? Yeah, I'll just I'll just go off the list here. Um, Admiral Daltrey, he's sort of the bad moral. Here's our he's our first. Well, I don't know. I suppose we had a bad moral in first contact for a couple seconds that didn't let Enterprise go fight. He's the like board, the bad anyway, moral of all a, bad morals. <laughs> yeah. So so, what did you all think of Bad Moral Daltrey? Um, you know, as he, because I mean, he's. You could say that Ruff. I, I can't. Rolfo, if that if that's his name, Rol- I'm Rol- correct, Rol- like, he's the villain. Rolfo. Rolfo. But to me, Admiral Darty is the bigger villain because I almost think that Rolfo doesn't really get that much screen time. If you, if in my opinion, I think Admiral gets more screen time than he does. But what did you think of the Bad Admiral? He comes actually to me. He comes across way more sympathetic of a character. As Waffle does. <laughs> waffle. Um, it's you say Waffle? Just call him Waffle the rest of the time. Just... <laughs> uh, in a lot of ways, like... That's true. He's you know, conflicted. He does, he d- yeah, and exactly. And he has the conversation, and Picard, I think very rightly, brings up the, the point with him and says, 600 people, Admiral. 
How many people does it take? Does it take a thousand people? Does it take? I've been making speeches people? like this to change people's <laughs> minds for twenty years. <laughs> I got these in the bag. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have a lot of problems with this. If we're going to talk nitpicky about the plot, if you have six hundred people on the planet, there's a ginormous planet. Why can't you go to the other side of the damn planet and get whatever you need to get? I don't understand. Uh, but no, it's an interesting. It is actually, I think. I think that actually Daughtry has a point. <laughs> 600 people. That's a paltry amount of people. That's a time. If you can help, you know, hey, uh, Star Trek, Star Trek philosophy is the needs of the many outweigh <laughs> the needs of the few. If you can help a billion people from, rem- from moving 600 people from one planet to another that they probably won't even realize. Yeah, I actually think that he's not doing anything terribly wrong. Uh, uh, so I, I, right. just, I think he's sympathetic. Daniel Peru endorses massacring <laughs> the Indians right here in Earl Grey. <laughs> well, yeah, I was just going to say, I, I'm, I'm blanking on the episode name, but the, the... Journey's End. Yeah, Journey's End, it's like, that's exactly what the Federation does. They say, we're going to remove these small group of of Native Americans because of the greater good of the Federation's peace treaty. So apparently it's, there's a precedence that's already been set. So, but <laughs> well, because I think it's it's this because is and I'm trying to remember even though I just watched it last night. Is this their native planet or they, no? They no, no it, right? Because no, they, they, no, they, and that's they rejected that technology. Of, yeah, that was one of Daughtry's points, yeah. and I think it was a great yeah. point. That they're he not indigenous these, to the people; they weren't meant to be not here. indigenous. But to me, yeah, that's literally from Journey's End. Admiral Nechea, because Picard's making that choice, you know, force relocation, we've done this before, and Admiral uh, They're Nechea, a power couple, journeys in, like, and Nechea. Look, they've only been there for <laughs> 20 years. You know, they should have moved there in the damn place in the first place, <laughs> you know, because they knew it was disputed. I think that's an actual quote. It's the only reason I'm cussing. Um, and Picard's like, that may be true, but, you know, but so I think one, one thing that I will agree with Daniel about this movie is that there's a lot of familiar elements. So Journey's End. Who watches the Watchers? Um, we'll get to, to Home Homeward. Is that the episode title? I think with Worf's, um, you know, oh, older, bigger yeah, brother, the holographic. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, Nikolai. Yeah, but I, I think there's definitely a lot of journeys end here where the forced relo- you know, part the forced relocation of people. We seem to have a history with that that doesn't turn out too well. But anyway, so but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the thing that got me with go ahead, Daniel. I was just going to say I, the only questionable decision I have. Is I'm pretty sure he he he, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He accepts or he allows them to fire on the Enterprise. I think I think that's the only thing that he I think goes he orders them. That seems, he says, "Send yeah, your right. ships." Right. He's like <laughs> he's like I'm gonna go escort them back, and they might not want to come. And he's like he's basically saying I'm going to destroy them if so they can't get our secret. Admiral Daltrey turns and says, "I know what you're talking about. I got it. I'm not. I'm not an idiot. I got it." But as soon as he's challenged on it, and as soon as like Picard calls him out on it, and as soon as as his you know as soon as he's like, "Oh my goodness, okay, this is this is real now." He realizes I can't do this anymore. This is actually not right. And I don't. I, I like that Picard holds his ground, and I think that's a Picard thing to do. He's very Picard in this movie, but uh, in a lot of ways, I think it's a complicated issue. And I think that there's, uh, I think there's a case to be made for both sides, honestly. Uh, you know, truthfully, I would think the the only thing um, that kind of disturbs me. I don't know how y'all feel um, when he gets killed by R- R- Waffles. 
we'll call him that. When uh, Admiral <laughs> Dogger gets killed by waffles, um, um, uh, like International one thing, I'm not sure House how he dies. Pancakes presents. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure how he actually dies because he has like the face stretching. But I'm like, you know, you could. I mean, I don't want to get grizzly here, but you can like take your skin off your face. That's not going to kill you, right? I mean, like, was it stretching yeah. his brain out? I, don't, I like, I don't well, understand why he died. But, I, but I that aside, closer, and it looked like it was literally like, like his eye, like it looked like it was almost pulling like his head apart. I mean, like, well, like, and like he might die, and, like pass out from pain, but like, you know, I mean, I'm not again. I don't want to get grizzly. You can lose some body parts and still be alive, like unless it's your brain or your heart. You know, everything's still going. Um, but anyway, but. One thing I don't understand, the camera panned on his dead body for, like, 30 seconds. I'm like, why do you want... I mean, like, I get it. He's dead. Like, now I can't show any children this movie now because you really want to be like, he's totally dead. He's dead. That's death. That's what death looks like. I'm like, stop showing me this. I don't know. I guess I had to fill some time. Um... So, well, we kind of talked about. So, what, one thing I wanted to mention, we kind of, because we're actually going through the list here, um, the Federation Council, because this movie, you know, with making Insurrection its title, which I think is a bad title, but it's supposed to be like, oh, the Federation makes this bad decision, so Picard has to take off his uniform and fight and insurrection. One pip at a time. I, I, <laughs> but anyway, but like, does it make sense? Because to me, this is this, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to start any fights here. I, I swear I'm not. But this seems like a very Deep Space Nine Federation, not a TNG Federation. Like, do we really think Federation Council was like, sure, remove those people? That's cool. Yeah, I think it. It's interesting in these movies where they have to create like a not a no communication zone. I mean, they do it again in Nemesis, and it's like it. it it's important because we've established that oh, you can just call up the president of the Federation like that, you know. And of course, you know, Picard's going to present a better case. You know, he's, I mean, think of all the PowerPoint presentations he's sat through with Jordy. He knows how to tell a good story. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I, it's just an interesting aspect where, you know, I, I agree with you, Philip. I think this, it's like, I don't think the next gen Federation Council would be all oh yeah yeah you know 600 mix 100 you know whatever you know just <laughs> we'll just you know mind erase him uh, you know head of starfleet medical over here pulaski she'll totally take care of that for you and um but i although i want to make sure i mention this before i forget upon watching it again so there's a scene where you know he's in the captain's yacht and he's and they're about to you know divvy up the crew and just by chance the two people who happen to keep their starfleet uniforms on are the two that stay with the ship and i'm like well that's convenient because everyone else is already in in uh in clothing (laughs) ready to go down to the planet i'm like wow at least try but that was so bad it was after two o'clock in the morning they do they do specify that so so, so, so Which, Jordy way, and, and Riker sleep in their uniforms. No, Riker well, they had were on not changed. Delta shift. He was, he was in some other quarters at the time. Listen, we don't only... go with four shifts on the ship, Daniel. This <laughs> is a three shift ship. <laughs> you know, I just want to make a quick note. I don't know if you all will agree with this or not. I thought the civilian clothes for the Starfleet. I thought this was the first time I've seen civilian clothes. I'm like, oh, that totally looks cool. I would totally wear what they're wearing. 
Because it was modern civilian clothes. It wasn't late 20th century clothes knitted by the replicators. Well, no, I, nobody was wearing a unitard. Yeah, yeah. I didn't hate any of them. I mean, I certainly wouldn't wear any of them, but, but it, wasn't, it wasn't so terrible. No. I mean, I'd go in a haystack yeah. or two, right, them, but that's it. Well, you're you you know how to have fun. Um, so briefly, well, as brief as we can, because uh, it's us. Um, so of course, I mean, we're not going over the plot because we're assuming everyone here knows the movie. If not, please watch it. Um, but you know, part of the movie in Insurrection is that everyone is being affected. The crew, our, our TNG crew. So I, I want to talk briefly about the effect that it has on the crew. Um, so the metaphysic energies. Of, yes. Jordy regains the use of his eyes. Hey, I saw that in all good things. Um, anyway, um, and uh, Picard Mambos, you know, who loves that, right? <laughs> um, and uh, Worf gets a pimple. Again, we're just going to keep saying that. Um, his hair and, goes crazy. Uh, and, and he gets, yeah, yeah. And he gets aggressive tendencies because he needed a line for the trailer. Um, and, but I, <laughs> I think to me the biggest one is uh, Triker. Um, so, which I think is is... It's not Crusher? I, I like those scenes. No, no, Triker, Triker. Oh. Troy and Riker. <laughs> um, that's, you know, they're basically, you know, falling back in love or whatever, you know, their weird relationship is. But, you know, we kind of get a bunch of scenes, which I actually, I don't know, I, I liked. I find myself liking those because they were both having fun in those scenes. Um, Frakes and Sirtis and slash Riker and Troy. Um, and I, and I, I guess a question that I had was, are they acting like young Riker and Troy acted, or are they acting themselves, but just op- I, I don't know, does that question make sense, what I'm saying? Like, is that how they acted, like, when they first met, or is it just that's how them now, but they're just kind of being a little more lovey-dovey? Well, see, I didn't listen to a word that Troy said through most of it, because she just starts out with a bold-faced lie that she had never kissed <laughs> Riker with a beard before. I've seen a YouTube clip where they edit together, like, all the times that she kisses bearded Riker, and there's, like, several dozen, so... But I get it. It's a funny, it's a funny line, but... No, I, I don't, I don't know. I think it watching their relationship again in this movie, it's so weird, because it's just like the thinnest of plots to dr- it's like you know what let's just fine okay we're just going to make them a co- it's just just do it already like i've just uh, that's what i felt like the writers were going at and i just i didn't at that point if you can't tell that story well in 7 seasons and two movies then i'm kind of i'm i'm past it oh oh my god Am I going to defend insurrection right now? Because I cannot believe it at all. No, uh, no, I, I enjoy I enjoy Striker, and I and I hate them. I and I hate <laughs> them. That's true. That's true. You do hate them. I love. I think without a doubt, um, and this is off the cuff. I think I love every scene on the Enterprise in this movie. I have so much fun. Mm-hmm. Every time there are people manual the steering column, Daniel. Okay, okay. Oh, see, this is why I said off the cuff. Thank you very much. For the and I'll have that. you know, Daniel's cuff size is the same as it was when he was at <laughs> when I was at the academy. <laughs> no, but okay, but okay. Except for that brief moment, I actually enjoy that entire scene. I think it's a great scene of of Riker being Captain Riker. I love any time we get to see Captain Riker, and that's what he is almost throughout the entire film. And um, besides the ridiculousness of this platform coming out of the center, <laughs> the disco of the ball bridge. came down as the platform <laughs> went up. So ridiculous! Yeah. 
um, you know, in the beginning when they're talking about like when they're on the turbo lift, all four of them, or later on when they're when when it's just Riker and Jordy and and Riker's like. Jordy's like, this is going to be the Riker maneuver, and Jordy, uh, you know, and Riker's like, if we make it, blah. blah. Like, yeah. I love that. I love every bit of that. I think it's great, except for the manual yeah. steering, steering column. I agree. Those all uh, were we do get really a, cool. We don't often get Riker Jordy interaction, not since like Encounter at Farpoint, um, but like because they do have a little like first officer captain thing going on where it's like eject the core. He's like. I just did. I already, like, I already did. And then Riker smiles like, I totally did not order you to do yeah, that yet. It was, a, it was a great rapport. I thought it was fantastic. I thought that was one of the best parts of the whole Though movie. I have and no idea why Jordy was at Ops this whole movie and also why Ops is suddenly in the composition. But anyway, that's I just want to well, put in there. Well, yeah, see, yeah, yeah. I, I just figured out why Jordy ejected the core before Riker ordered him to. He was actually pushing another button, but all the consoles look different now because he's got his <laughs> real eyes. And so he's like, okay, yeah, Ed said, whatever. This this is the button. Oh, so I just ejected the warp core. This used to be blue. <laughs> what <laughs> color? He's red, he's, in real life, he's red-green colorblind. His visor is actually a vast improvement. <laughs> His normal eyes have damage. That's what you're saying. That's funny. Um, uh, but no, I, I, to answer your question, I really do. I actually yeah. like. I think this is the natural course, and it makes sense. Like, I guess your initial question is: Is this how we picture them when they're younger? I do. This is exactly how I picture them. Like we flirting, young while looking Riker. To do, yeah, long, young looking. Loxana right shows up for no reason. <laughs> It calls him Bill for some reason. It really works for me. I I like all of their scenes. And I know we get the silly line about never kissed you with a beard before. But uh, this is like the continuation of the flirtation that we saw when she was drunk in first contact. And, you know, uh, I just. Which which I thought was the Riker maneuver, by the way. (laughs) This is my favorite Riker Troy relationship. This is the one where they're just flirting and having fun, and and we see glimpses of it in TNG uh, of the show. But uh, this, is, I think, this is great. I think it's good stuff. I agree. Okay, um, two two more things. Okay, so the whole theme, well, not the whole theme, but a major theme of this movie is or sort of growing older, staying young. Um, and I know we haven't, we haven't talked about the had that much, plot much. The yeah, Daniel Chagrin TNG, um, but. <laughs> So, so, but we have sort of this um, dichotomy, right? You know, we have this sort of paradise, you know, or is it, um, of the place that's rejected t- technology, which we've seen before a, a lot in Star Trek. Um, but, of course, they get to stay young or youngish. I don't know. You say in their late 40s for some people, I guess, um, forever, you know, versus, you know, Picard and his crew. And, and the sort of the choices there when Anish, who... By the way, I really, really like not just because she's a, an attractive-looking woman, because I just like her real spirit. And I don't. To me, I, I know Daniel doesn't agree, but I just think she's awesome. But anyway, um, but because I, I think she is a contrast to Picard, and yet they, to me, they work. To me, they work as a, as a couple because you know she doesn't like technology. She's you know all it's rejects that she's more you know of the moment where Picard sort of is of the future, you know. And so it's, this dichotomy I thought was was very interesting, but. Uh, I, I've talked to you all um, in the Arboretum about, to me, there's a lot of a lot of Star Trek scripts, whether in movies and TV, about staying young, growing older, and blah, blah, blah. So, so Darren, since you're the middle child among the three of us, um, what did you think about this whole paradise, new technology, young, old, this whole concept storyline? 
I think it, I think it worked well. I mean, you know, they again watching this again, just seeing how they established the world, and uh, I, I've heard someone I can't remember who, but they, they mentioned the fact that for these aliens, the Baku, they pretty much were just like, yeah, they just look like human, but we're gonna call them the Baku, like, it, like not even trying because there's nothing to distinguish these people from 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 uh, from humans. But yeah, I, it was a nice, you know you know, twist where they're like, yeah, we just, they're basically the Amish of Starfleet, I guess, or the Federation, <laughs> or Federation Amish. I don't like, see we a don't lot want of your Amish war- We don't want your warp sack. drive. Uh, yeah, they, they, they still use their, uh, their space shuttles instead of uh, warp drive. But yeah, and, and as a point you did later say, you know, uh, or that you later noted, how did Starfleet not know that the Baku, you know, uh, <laughs> were warp capable and just didn't choose to show it? Like, maybe they just set up the duck blind and they didn't know very much. But <laughs> like yesterday, like, like, like the worst like, archaeological team ever. By the way, I just want, or anthropo- anthropological. They were team. so excited of whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they <laughs> should. I guess you can't hear through the cloak. Is that what it is? Because I don't know. But yeah, so no, it was it was good. I, I mean, it was a is a well done story, and it was a different different take on it. But um, little little sappy in the music at times, you know, like the oh, it's just I love like, the la, la, la 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 I love it. La, la. I love the music for this. La la la. I love the Gilbert and la, Sullivan. La, 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 I love the orchestra. Oh, on the okay, beginning. that that was good. Oh. No, sir, I haven't had a chance to meet all the new members of the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Uh, now. Now, Daniel, I'll pose, th- and you can talk about whatever you want, but I'll pose this to you because to me, when Anish and, P- and Jean-Luc are talking, where Anish is like, oh, well, you know, you're apparently you're, you know, not tempted, you know, by, by uh, eternal youth. And Picard's like, well, there are those days. And he's like, you know, I mean, am I tempted? Of course I am. But, you know, right now we're fighting this war and there's more important things. And so you sort of see the argument, you know, Picard's like, I, I mean, I like my life i don't, I don't want to stay young forever and this paradise i mean it, it seems very nice but i you know have things to do you know versus paradise you know so what, i mean what'd you think of that daniel which I, I know what you already think of the planet but anyway what would you think of it i have a lot of thoughts first of all i will and i will admit um i was more endeared to a niche this 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 most recent rewatch than i i had been before i like I like her as a character. I think she's smart and interesting and has a lot of things to say. And I think she gels well with Picard. I do. I think she works really well as a character. Um, as a species, this is the dumbest species I've ever heard of in my life. And I literally cannot stand them at all. Uh, their, their, their attitude. Okay, so I feel like science fiction writers, a lot of science fiction writers, not a lot. Many science fiction writers and many Star Trek science fiction writers feel like they need to strike some sort of weird balance between, uh, I don't know what I would call it, uh, techism? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to make up words here because I can't think of it. Uh, I don't know. They, they, they enter Luddites periods of their lives. and anti-Luddites. Yeah, Luddites. Luddites and, yeah, and, and, and technologists. And it's, it's, just, it's just a weird thing to strike in a Star Trek movie. Like, of all places, why are you trying to write this story into a Star Trek story? Like, 
It's our Star future. Trek. It's full of technology. <laughs> Your Star Trek, which is the ultimate achievement of human uh, progression and, and technology. And you're trying to write an anti-technology message in here. And it makes zero sense at all. Why are you doing this? I, 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 like, I cannot stand this. And they're trying to present these people as equal or uh, on the same plane as the Federation. It's like, why? Like, I don't get this. What what is the message you're trying to portray for this movie? And it it just it really irritates me a lot. So I hate the Baku. I think they're terrible. Uh, I hate I think them just... so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and it's just like to me, it's just like they're not a compelling race. And then of course we find out whatever the Sona are the whatever of the Baku. Whoa, whoa! Spoilers, Daniel. Spoilers. <laughs> like it's like I, I think I made a but note like just... in my notes that it was an hour and twelve time yeah. mark before Stone did a tricorder scan of the Sona. And anyway, that's, I just want to make yeah, that that's point. true. Well, that's because last time that Doctor Crusher did a scan, she like totally got kicked out of medical school. So you know. <laughs> and and one thing too, I uh, in addition to that, I want to address because you asked specifically about it. Yeah. is this fountain of youth idea or this uh, aging idea. And it works as a story element in the original series because 20 years have passed since the original series. 1966 to what? 19, or almost 20 years, I guess, right? 1979, I think. Is that when? Yeah, 1990. Yeah. Something, some, something like that. So almost 20 years have passed. So yeah, we have, to, we have to face to face the fact that these characters we've cared so much have aged so far. It makes sense as an as an element in the original series of movies because uh, we have now we're now dealing with different people, but we're not doing that in TNG. We're like seven years away from <laughs> where they were at the end of uh, you know all good things. So why do we have to continue to retread these story threads? Like we could have totally dealt with so many other interesting concepts. Well, another reason it doesn't work for the TNG crew is Patrick Stewart looks the same 20 years later. <laughs> he looks the same now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, um, here in season two of Earl Grey, we're trying to be better stewards of time here. So basically, I'm going to ask for not final. It can be your final thoughts, but just your final blurbs. It could be anything about the, the insurrection movie. I, this, this was my thing I wanted to talk about. And then we'll go to Darren and then Daniel, and then we'll just close it out here. Um, so one thing I, I, that I don't like about all TNG movies is that they keep killing the villain. Like, to me, that's so easy. Like, oh, it's a bad guy, and we kill him at the end. I'm like, that, I mean, well, duh. I mean, anyone can write that. So, like, Soren and Generations Up, Picard presses buttons, and it blows up. Soren dies. First contact, you know, the Borg Queen, because Data did the thing. And then in, in uh, Insurrection with Wafflehead, um, I mean, it's basically the same thing as Generations. Picard presses a few buttons, and it blows up, and Waffle, Waffle dies. But, like, <laughs> here's the thing. So the Enterprise E is, you know, swooping by. And he's going to beam up Picard. Beams up Picard. See you, Waffles. Boom. Why couldn't they beam yeah. up Waffles? The transporter can beam up more than one person. Are they just being like, "F you" for messing everything up? Go ahead and die. Like that's not that's not the Enterprise way. We don't <laughs> kill people. We can beam up two people. Um, which I just thought it was too easy because you know they kill Daughtry. He's the villain. Kill Waffle. He's the, and then Shinzog kill him. And I mean, like to me, that's just so simple. Like, I don't know. To me, that's, and I don't know, maybe that's what people want. They want their villains to be bad, and then they want them to die at the end. But to me, that's, you know, 
that's so simple to write. But anyway, that was my my one of my things. So anyway, um, I forgot who I said was going to go next. Whoever I said go next, go next. <laughs> yeah, no. Started with I, a D. I just started with a D. Um, <laughs> yeah, I liked a lot of the points you listed uh, on the on the show notes, Philip. So yeah, just you know we've we touched on a lot of them, um, but yeah. So watching this again, because I haven't watched this movie in a while, like, it's not like, hey, it's Saturday night. You know what I want to do? Watch Star Trek Insurrection. You know, I just, <laughs> it doesn't really strike me very often. So it was fun, but it was fun to rewatch and, and rejoin it and, um, you know, travel back to the, uh, to the late nineties, I guess. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, but it had good parts. I mean, it, it, it's not it's not a terrible movie and, and it has a lot of good lines. It has a lot of quotable things The, um, you know, and it was nice to have an episode or have a movie that wasn't like completely focused on data because a lot of the movies are. So having a bit, you know, of, of shared screen time, you know, was nice. And Jonathan Frakes directed this. I mean, you know, he, he's directed a lot of great stuff. So, you know, uh, not, not to say that this was like a misstep for him, but you know, he, he definitely was, I'm sure doing a lot cause it's hard helming, you know, a Star Trek movie, uh, and being in it. Uh, but, but yeah, overall, you know, it's, it's a good continuation of the story, I think. And, uh, it, it does, it does fairly well, but I think it, it also has the, you know, just like you never want to be the presenter after that one presenter who was like amazing it's like the movie after first contact and just first contact just knocked everything out of the park so well. It's just, it's almost like, how do you come back to that? Uh, so yeah, I think finding a data story in this movie is like looking for an Android in a haystack. Oh, well you got to look in the lake. That's where the androids are hiding in this story. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, but yeah, overall, you know, get, yeah, kids, you got, the you know Amish Federation you know all these all these good points and it holding moments in time I don't know it's it's it, it, it's all right but again there are as, as many of us have said there are many next gen episodes that we wish had been movies instead of this movie uh, that we would have loved to see on the on the big screen. All right, Daniel. I know you hate both children and philosophical species. What are your what's your bullet point on insurrection um just so everyone's aware there was a concept that insurrection or this movie was going to be the q movie so just i just want everybody to remember in the back of their mind that there could have been a q movie and we got insurrection instead or could have been wrong that being said could it was supposed to be wrong um yeah that being said when I rewatched it this time, I didn't dislike it as much as I've expressed in the past. I actually enjoyed bits of it, uh, quite a bit. Um, it's interesting. It's, uh, I think I really do. I think it's the weakest of the four TNG films. Um, and I wish we could have gotten something more interesting because we have, we've gotten this, we've dealt with these issues before. Come on. We've talked about it. We talked about uh, who watches the watchers. We've talked about, uh, what was it? Homeward? Homeward? Is that it? Yeah. Uh, homework. Hey, homework. <laughs> uh, and we, you know, we, we've talked about all these different things that we've already explored in this series. Let's do something different. Um, but it is what it is when we got what we got. And 
it's it's part of Star Trek now, and and I, I think maybe I'll grow a little softer on it. Maybe the more I watch it, but um, I think I think it's kind of a misstep. For me, it is. It's, it's a bit of a misstep. So. All right, and I, we've only gotten about like a little over halfway through my outline, so I'm sure there's a lot more to say about Insurrection, and for our listeners, whatever you have to say, we are, are certainly interested in it, but um, Star Trek Insurrection is not the only thing that we've been talking about here on the network this week, so here's a quick look at what else you may have missed here on Trek.fm. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. They, they look at the original series episodes, and they see thematically what it is that works and they pick that in order to explore like a different side of it earl gray <laughs> no do you guys seriously no not know why they have red and green light no. not all of us have read ships of the line okay no 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 wait, wait is this a I'm ship of the line up... i'm only on like chapter no, one no i'm talking about like real ships today have oh, you okay. been on a ship darren the orb them being adversarial I, I don't think necessarily was the only way they could have gone um, it makes for a great story, but it just made me wonder, just an impossible universe, what would have happened? I think it's important, though, that she, as the religious leader, is not sold on the idea that this outsider is their emissary. To the journey! Endgame cannot make my list. <laughs> I, uh, I don't have as much hatred for Endgame as you <laughs> or apparently everybody else does. Oh, it's not that I'm bitter or anything, no. Warp 5. So I would argue in the case of what? Paxton is doing here in firing a weapon at San Francisco, which luckily missed and went into the bay. And I don't know if, I guess George and Gracie aren't there, right, in the 22nd century, so they're okay, but... The ready room. They could have really diverged with what we knew of Will and made Thomas's own unique character. I mean, he is, but, like, if we can get multiple burial episodes you know why can't thomas Riker have more than one episode (laughs) mission log a ronberry star trek podcast and he happens to figure it all out Uh, that's enough to drive an audience we know we need to get will wheaton on the show because i will defend wesley in this episode against the guy who played Wesley. (laughs) (laughs) okay commentary trek stars there was an interview i think with with jj where they were talking to him and he was saying that, you know, oh, my, my dad was friends with Nicholas Meyer back in the day. I remember going to Meyer's house when I was a kid. And he saw, he had a whole bunch of really cool things in his house, and I thought, I would like to break some of these. Literary treks. But I do I like want to see cover. Spock with a perm. Oh, gosh. Well, I think I've got a Photoshop try. project in my future with this cover right here. Melodic treks. It's like, oh, this wow. happened! Oh, oh, this is so good. <laughs> it was. No it was just that amazing. How she, uh, reacts. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. All right, guys. Well, we've gotten some email feedback, which we always appreciate. Um, the first one is, is from, I don't know how to say this, Ari Ward or Reward. Uh, either way. He said he was writing from Bajor. Um, so pay attention, Daniel. He was talking um, re Earl Grey 52. Um, where we made mention of, or that was our, you know, uh, Sub Rosa that mentioned was there. And, uh, we talked about Duncan Wrecker. 
Duncan Rucker. I believe that may or may not be how you say that. He's actually Canadian, but he's the gentleman who played um, Beverly Crusher's love interest when we were talking about romantic guest stars. And he said, well, you may also know him for being the very boring Shikar on Deep Space Nine. And he said, that's probably why you don't recognize him. But anyway, that's from uh, Reward, our oh reward. Goodness. So we appreciate that. Yeah, that was Shakar. I, which I didn't, you know, I knew sh- the name, but I had to still look it up. But yep, that's him. I mean, I know Shakar, but I hadn't, I guess that makes that's sense because I never thought Ronan. about that. That blows my mind. Right, that's his name. Yeah. Yeah. And we got another uh, email from Jim Kirk's home state, Iowa. This is from uh, William Jinks from Ames, Iowa. And this, I think this is to you, Daniel. He didn't say it was to you, but I'm going to read this as to you. This is his email. He says, best of both worlds change TV forever? Maybe. Certainly it was great. But who shot JR was in 1980. Um, now, uh, William, I have to say two things. One, of course, that's, this is, he's referring to episode from dallas and two daniel was not around in 1980 so anyway daniel any, any yeah, response? i wasn't around in 1980 <laughs> Wait, D- dallas is this, dallas is a city in texas right so i don't know, I don't know what that has to do with anything <laughs> it's sad that i know anyway. more about the who shot mr burns episode than i do know I about, about the who shot jr <laughs> i mean i know that they referenced oh, it but i've never actually seen the dallas episode yes i'm sure that changed television yes. in 1980 but. Yeah, Williams, unfortunately, I'm the oldest, and I was born in 1980. So anyway, um, but anyway, we appreciate both of those emails. Next, we have some iTunes review, and we always appreciate getting iTunes reviews. I'm just going to read two of them here. The first one, and I'm probably going to mispronounce it, is from Odonata28T, and this person of undetermined gender says, um, list, he says, uh, having fun reliving the series, listening from the beginning, having fun hearing your thoughts and ideas on TNG series. Thanks. So great. Five-star review. The next one is from Tonacious. And this is under Fantastic Show, two exclamation points. Um, and this person of also indetermined gender says, I have no shame for how much I love this podcast. TNG for life, exclamation point. These guys know their stuff and have a good dynamic together. I hope they plan on producing many, many more. And they also say, wow, we say to the journey a lot. But anyway, we appreciate those reviews a lot, guys. To the, uh, no, I won't do it. Say we say to the journey a lot. I think we all know who the instigator of that is. Hey, hey, I, I've scaled back. Well, we all don't worry. Okay, we've but- all signed seven-year contracts with Trek FM because uh, they're <laughs> smart, and that's apparently just what you do with if you're doing a Star Trek podcast. So we're hoping to do some feature films podcast in the future <laughs> but anyway but we appreciate those five star reviews and please keep them coming because it makes it possible for others to uh see uh earl gray on the itunes magical mysterious network of how they list podcasts so but daniel why don't you tell us more about who makes it possible for us to do our podcast through their support please support our sponsor audible.com who helps us bring earl gray to you each week audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. 
Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and all of Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting www.patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all of our great content. So please become a Trek FM patron and visit www.patreon.com slash trekfm today. Well, guys, it's been great talking about Star Trek Insurrection. I actually enjoyed watching it again. Um, I have to go now. I heard there's some new uh, crew members on the network. Um, Gilbert and Sullivan, are you guys familiar with these new co-hosts? Anyway, I'm going to go take a listen because um, I, I hear they're on board. Maybe they got some, some great new podcast here. Um, and so we look forward to joining you all next week for Earl Grey. Make it so. Live long and prosper. And get fire. fire.